0: like i talk it walk it walk it like i talk it walk it walk it like i talk it talk it walk it like i talk it walk it like i talk it walk it walk it like i talk it walk it walk it like i talk it talk it walk it like i talk it let's go walk it like i talk it walk it walk it like i talk it walk it like i talk it walk it walk it like i talk it hey walk it like i talk it walk it walk it like i talk it you walk it like i talk it walk it walk it like i talk it
1: Welcome back to Fringe 9, where today Tom and I continue tackling the killing of George Floyd, the Black Lives Matter movement, and what is going on in the world today, trying to tie that back to Christianity, our faith, and what that means for the Fringe. Here we go. So we wanted to today just keep going through some of the conversations that we think are applicable to the fringe and again with our goal being how do we draw people into a more authentic and personal relationship with christ and if you're on the fringe and you've seen everything that's transpired over the last month or so yes there's a lot of division and there's a lot of anger and even violence but from the fringe perspective you have to be happy about this. Uh, let me read this. This is a Reuters article titled, uh, After George Floyd's Death, a Groundswell of Religious Activism. So this is an article that was published on June 9th. And effectively, the the push of the article is that faith-based groups and religious leaders across the United States um, are seeing an increase in activism reminiscent of what occurred during the civil rights movement of the 1960s and it goes on to talk maybe even a little bit more specifically about different subtypes of or subgroups within christianity from conservative groups and mainstream religious leaders to catholics and protestants joining together jewish synagogues other faith groups all largely at a grassroots level is the the thrust of the of the story and I think I've seen that loud and clear, even in places that I wouldn't expect um, from the business community, not just touting it as, uh, hey, we need to be more inclusive and support diversity, but bringing values back out to the forefront of the conversation. And sure, some of it is, I can be jaded and look at it and say, yeah, it's window dressing, it's it's marketing, and it will fade Um, quickly, but there's also a a different sense for a lot of churches and community groups that are saying, no, we don't want this to be a passing thing. This is, you know, our great awakening for our generation, and we intend to be on the right side of not only history, but the right side of eternity. Reaction to that, Tom?
0: And I, I gotta admit, man, I am definitely down and drained and uh there's a lot going on man it's it's, it's, listen this is such a it's just a heavy deep subject yeah and we've been at this for a while and i just keep going back to the default of um we can pass all the legislation in the world and we we can try to abolish police departments etc i don't think we're really going to see change until hearts are changed I, Hmm. i just and um, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna take hearts, man. It's just absolutely gonna, it's, it's gotta start with the heart. Otherwise, um, I, I just, I don't see significant improvement. If I can decipher where you're going
1: with that and, and agree with you on one part where, yes, I think our hearts need changing. And that includes me. I've, I've found some, unspoken prejudice in myself that I didn't realize uh, against a different group of people. And I I literally realized that four hours ago, and I I wrote a little blog about it. So the changing of one's heart is something that, as Christians, we invite God in and say, hey, here's something that um, is broken inside of me or something wrong in the way that I'm not loving you, God, or other people, and I need you to come in and stir that up and, and make it right and, and restore me to um, to being reconciled to you and to my brothers, whoever that means, you know, all shapes, sizes, colors, and creeds. So that part, 100% agree with you, Tom. And I also think as Christians who are active in this world, we do need to take active roles when it comes to legislation and to institutions and policies and so we do still have a role to play in that public square where I would rather have lots of Christian and religious voices speaking into that than saying hey that's not our turf that's not our territory Let's you know, they're, they're, they're going to change the, the rules, but they're not going to change people's hearts. So I I think there's both parts of it.
0: Yeah, I think, no, I'm not saying we don't change rules and laws. I just say we're not going to see true change, though, until we see a changing of the heart. I mean, I just, it, it, uh, it, we, we need to be, we need to be unified. There needs to be peace. And, um... I mean, for example, if the if the freeway sign says seventy, um, where where do you you know what, what's your heart? I mean, what what, what are you going to do? People will will still do what they're going to do, and then sometimes there's a consequence on it. We have to. It's it's got to start with the heart. So,
1: admittedly, Tom, you sound you sound spent. I mean. This has been an exhausting time. I know I'm exhausted, um, but I, I can hear it in your voice. Where, where are you at?
0: Yeah, I just um, I don't know. I, I just we, we can try dissecting this. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't. In fact, I don't know, where do you want to go with this, Nate? Well, I mean,
1: honestly, I think this is exactly where I want to go with it because I I alternate between feelings of extreme optimism on, on what this means for our country and for people of color and our relationships, followed by just extreme despair of, yeah, we can change rules, but it's not going to change hearts. And so I've been on my own search for how to best navigate this, and I've been reading Ecclesiastes lately, and um, some of the, the writings and stories of Solomon, and for those who are not super deep into the Bible, Solomon was the son of King David, and um, when the kingship was passed down to Solomon, um, God said to him, hey, I'll, you know, let me know what you want, like how how can I, you know, what prayers would you like me to answer for you? And instead of asking for riches and uh, power and all those things, he asked God for wisdom. And so God not only granted it to him, but he also bestowed on him all of the other gifts that he could have asked for and didn't, which included riches and power and um, kind of all the things that all of us deep down crave in in one way, shape, or form. And so Solomon, wisest man to have ever lived, according to the Bible, I also like to think of him as the original, most interesting man alive, because he he did it all, he saw it all, and so that's where I've landed in Ecclesiastes, is he effectively says, nothing new is seen under the sun anymore, everything is meaningless. Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. This is Ecclesiastes 1.4. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. And it continues on about just how every generation, because I keep falling into this trap of thinking our time is unique and our era is somehow different or somehow special or we've got some deep knowledge of this Um, of everything that is going to allow us to be different in this moment. And Solomon is saying, no, this is what you're seeing right now is unique to you, but the powerful oppressing the powerless, the rich um, exploiting the poor, um, the majority isolating and disenfranchising the minority, Has been going on for thousands of years and so to your point tom the only way that that can change is is in our hearts because this isn't new and it's both disheartening because we keep as a species making the same mistakes over and over um and encouraging because we know that the only thing that is going to to fill that void is a relationship with christ so I'll just pause there and, and ask for a reaction and and see if any of that hit anywhere.
0: Yeah, I think it's what you can sense for me is it is disheartenment. I just it's 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 been a wild you know last few weeks, and part of me is like I don't, you know, we don't we don't want this podcast to be Dougie Downer, right? Normally it's fun, we're uplifted. I, I don't. Part of me is just wondering. Uh, you know, I, I know two guys are just not going to solve this, right? But we're, we can be part of something. And, and I, I think you're spot on. I just, it, it, it's, it's, it's going to take heart. And, um, I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's just like, yeah, it's, if, whether you believe in Christianity or not, um, I just, I just, I'm seeing some wild irony now, where mm. government and movement though rejects it, but they want it. D- does that make sense? So
1: rejects. Go, go, no, go. Say more.
0: Yeah, Um, I'm seeing where society wants to reject God and reject this Jesus. I'm just gonna say Jesus, dude, as as from a, as an outsider's perspective. Sure. Yet <laughs> Jesus is saying all along, man, hey, you. You gotta love others. I mean, you gotta take care of others, and all you know, it 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 doesn't matter. It, it shouldn't matter at all what the pigmentation is on on the skin, et cetera. You're supposed to love one another. You're supposed to love one another, and um, I just find it ironic that a lot of people want to kick that away, but then they come up with their own version, <laughs> sure, in legislation that. Is that, I don't know, there's a weird ironic full circle that's, that's going on right now.
1: You're hitting the nail on the head for me because I have been falling into what feels like a potential trap of, hey, I'm coming into this with my Christian values and I want to be a voice for change and stand up and be bold. And what ends up happening though is the longer I think about these things, the more programs I come up with. So I'm like, oh, well, here's, here's the right form of legislation and then here's a different institution we need to create or reform and then we need to modify this one um, part of society and suddenly I'm, I'm actually legislating from my living room couch in, in that, hey, if I was in charge, here's how I would construct the United States of America to be a more just place. And so I fall into that exact same trap of knowing if I was an elected official with lots of authority and the ability to change those kinds of things, even from a well intentioned place in Christian values, I already know myself. I, I know I would just come up with the Nate plan
0: <laughs> because I'm already doing it. <laughs> oh, there you got me to laugh. Okay. First laugh, 14 minutes in, but uh, no, that's good. That's they plan. I like that. Well, and hey, we don't have to put on a face. I mean,
1: one of the things that I've always loved about our dudes groups is when we get in there and we talk about things that nobody else really wants to talk about, um, at least not Oh, often.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm wondering, you know, I would love to get listener feedback, by the way, of, on this, of just, are you... We have to do this. There's no doubt. We we need to keep uh, moving forward. But how many people are fatigued uh, on the subject, right? And everyone, everyone thinks they got the 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 solution. Um. Uh. I, I yeah. It's there. It's let's just put it this way. It's deep, Vaquero, and it's dark. <laughs> just put it that way. When you start getting in, man. It's. It's it's not a light subject, dude. It's it's. um I, I, I could, yeah. Let me pause. It's there. got really deep roots. It, it's so deep. It, it I, is, and you can. I feel had to tell the, my sense the darkness. I mean, it's it just is.
1: I had to tell my brother in law, um hey man, it's been like two weeks of me being kind of an advocate and really getting educated and truly studying black history in a way I've never done before, you know, reading books that I can only read 10 pages at a time because yeah, it's, it's, mentioned that. it's so much poison. And so I'm, I'm like trying to drink 400 years of poison in one bottle uh, for what's been done to our African-American and black brothers and sisters. And I'm like, man, it's been two weeks. I'm exhausted. I don't know how you have lived with this your entire life. And not have gotten utterly angry, and I won't share. You know, his his thoughts are that he has shared with me are private, so I won't share his response. I was just but, gonna ask. <laughs> um, I'm curious, but, but I'm like, man, I, I I need to develop a backbone because I'm tired, and yeah, and, and it, I'm and I'm not even on the receiving end up, up until this last weekend. Um, so I I mean, yeah, and in it, trying to do something. Yeah. I I took a, a a big risk this last weekend, and Tommy, you joined me, and our yeah. bud Casey did too. Yeah, where you know I live in a town of about six or seven thousand people that is, you know, greater than ninety five percent white, probably you know ninety seven percent white, and you know there has been no Black Lives Matter movement or support or gathering or or anything in town here. And even some of the smaller towns on the outskirts, you know, further away from the Twin Cities have been doing things. And I just got this instinct that, well, I guess I'm going to have to be the one to do it. And so I created a, a small Facebook group, you know, just a stand mm-hmm. against racism. And within two days, you know, we were up to, you know, 60 people. And I think right now we're, we're getting close to pushing 100 and decided, hey, let's let's do something, and wrestled back and forth. Well, what's the appropriate thing to do? You know how do how do we do this? And I didn't know. I still don't know if I did the right thing. I just knew I had to do something. And so we got uh, we sent out an invitation and said, hey, we're going to get together. I reached out to the police department ahead of time and let them know what we were planning, and we just ended up with a small. Uh, gathering about 30 people showed up uh, with homemade signs and we stood on the side of a road and you know of the 30 people it was you know 28 29 people were white Mm. and that's the way that it has to be because the minority or minorities in this community are in such a small minority that they couldn't ever uh, reach critical mass without the majority leading it or, or kicking it off at least and so I'm not gonna lie, I man. I had three or four sleepless nights last week wondering if you know what the reaction was going to be. And it was scary. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah. you
0: were you were there, so I'm
1: curious what, what your feedback was.
0: No, I, I definitely knew you needed some support. I could feel that, I could sense that as well. And um I I was a few things. Number one, whatever whatever the shade of your skin, in race or creed, just no. For you to say, I, I don't know. I'm gonna pull here, Nate. Um, there is no pity party here, by the way, on my side. I, I just say we just. I got a little taste, right? And um, I definitely empathize, and I love. I do love all. I strive to love all, and and I'm. Uh, I've, I've always felt that way. I, there's, but there's always room for improvement, right? And there were some eyes opened, Uh, but I'll say though, when I, when I got there and we got into the motion, I'm like, okay, this feels a a little weird. I mean, I like, well, we're, yeah, you feel like um, you're sticking your necks out a little bit, right? I I don't know if that's the right term for it, but I felt, I could just feel the, I could feel some of the darkness, right? Or you're like, you're on a limb and, and um, it, I mean, it's real. And you know what? The other thing that was interesting, Nate, out of that whole day, there was a ton of honks. I, oh I mean, my goodness, way I, more than I was I than I initially come, expected. And I saw a lot of thumbs up. And then, of course, what moment do you think I remember? All right, I kept going to.
1: You remember the moment where one specific guy pulled around the corner, yeah. rolled his window down, and yeah. spewed hate at us?
0: Yeah, exactly. And his take was um, "all lives matter," which we've heard before, and F- followed by a, a string of expletives. <laughs> well, that's what that, I mean. I that like, led me to believe that he didn't think that our lives mattered. No right. It, uh, that there was again. Here's some of the irony. This is where I get bogged down. Right? Just right or wrong? But the technically, it's biblical, right? All. Jesus does love all. That that part is for true. Sure. However, <laughs> the point he was trying to make, yeah, you could just tell. No, there was definitely, there was definitely hate, and not all. <laughs> I don't think he had. I don't think it's fair to say he had passion for all. I, I don't. I don't think he did. I, true. That's and, part and I, of the. That's. Part I walked of the,
1: away with a. Uh, a different sense of empathy for him I too. than I've I been, ever expected. What I heard him say was my life matters and yeah. nobody cares about my situation in my life. And yeah. it was the first time my heart has been broken for somebody while they are
0: saying hateful things. Well, it's interesting. Yeah. So I've been lifting him up and of course everyone else, right? Just uh, the the whole situation. But um, yeah, I was like, "Well, oh, it's interesting that I go to that. There was like 50 plus. I don't know. I can't, like I said, I couldn't count the positive. But it's interesting I go to the negative. And by the way, again, that's just a taste, Nate. I mean, that's just a taste of of what others are, are going through, right? And, and, and to me, the the
1: recipe has gotten really crystallized and simple. And, and this is where I keep trying to as a professing Christian who is deeply flawed in searching for God, groping and grasping in the dark, you know, saying, God, put one step in front of me so I can take the next right step. I know my own temptation. I've already alluded to that of just let Nate think his way through this and you guys all get on board and it's going to be perfect. And I know that that's my own selfishness and pride. And so I I have to divert away from that and go back to Scripture and say, my favorite verse right now is Micah 6, 8. And it just says, For he has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, to love love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And if we just pull that apart for a second, he has shown you, O man, what is good. We know the difference here. This isn't a moral question. There is no moral question here. It's so obvious what is good and what is evil in this situation. The fact that we get stuck on dividing the good or the bad into different shades of things is a trap that we, we know what's good. We're born knowing that we should value all people. We know what justice is, not because of what it looks like for other people, but we know what justice is because when we receive injustice ourselves we become righteously angry. Mm, that's so we true. don't we don't need someone to teach us what justice is. But we do need to understand what it's like for other people to experience injustice so that we can walk justly and then to love mercy. I mean mercy is a very unhuman instinct. My instinct when you strike me is to strike back harder. Mm. It is not to turn the other cheek. And I know I don't have the capacity for mercy. I know that that comes from God. And so, Lord, make me more merciful. And this man that we're talking about, man, I felt a sense of mercy towards him that I've, I don't think I've ever felt before, and I don't think I ever could have until I was in that spot. Um, and then last, to walk humbly with your God. Yeah. Man, that's a hard one for me. I, I like to think of myself as an intellectual and... Uh, you know, I've got my stuff together. I'm well-educated and I make a good living. And so I don't want to be humble. I want to be the big man on campus. And and finding that humility over and over is, that's Christ-like. And so we got goodness and we've got justice and mercy and humility. If we had more of that, this would be a far smaller problem. And I know that um, our political system, our economic system, um, all of the other systems that we've assembled, they are—they can do good things, but they can't make something good. They can't make something just or merciful or, or humble. That has to come from above.
0: That's right. That's where I was going with the heart. Part, which is sounds almost too simple but i'll encourage the fringe here again and it, it's like if you are against racism and um hate for that matter um that's what jesus that's what that's what's all about man is it's love love is greatest of all and um if we had more people with, when I was saying properly tuned in hearts, this thing would be way, way less. And I'm gonna encourage the friend here. I always like to do this. You know, you know how Nate, I love to play the other side, and that is, um, you know, someone that does go to church or calls himself a Christian. But man, if they're spewing hate, um, and especially anything racist, I, I call them out. It's okay. I, I, I say, it. again, I don't know how. <laughs> That's not Jesus like at all. I don't. I just. It's. It's. We. We need to. We need to do a better job of calling that out then, as well. And on the flip side here, and holding ones accountable, because um I'm with you, man. I, I just that is this. It's absolutely the way. I think that. And is I couldn't situation. do that this last
1: weekend on my own. I, I. I knew specifically I needed help, and a huge thank you to you. A huge thank you to Casey. Oh, knowing man. that I had two of my brothers in Christ amongst the crowd that we were in um, gave me a sense of brotherhood and um, kind of divine security in knowing that, and we are going up against some evil here. This isn't just, um, people keep saying words like, you know, um, institutional racism. Mm. Well, we become already so inundated with that word that we're already missing that the roots of that are actually evil. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just like decisions that people made in powdered wigs 112 years ago Mm. that, you know, are just some historical figures. These were men and women. These were human beings and they had um, malevolence in their hearts when they created a lot of these things. And so let's not forget that these aren't just problems of the country
0: they are problems of our heart 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 where is the heart here um and and how are we going to move this forward and are we going to pass legislation and follow with heart or is going to be of obligation i just know if we get more hearts changed for the better we're just going to have more success i think And it's going to be a constant battle, by the way. I I just don't, I don't know. I, I, we're, it's it's just, but we're going to have to keep striving for this, buddy. This is... So uh, Fringe, if you're still with us this late in, (laughs) um,
1: I know most of us have new reading lists of black history books and um, social justice and otherwise. I'd also encourage you, if you're so inclined, to crack open your Bible And check out Proverbs, check out Ecclesiastes, and the Gospel of John. And you can hear some ancient wisdom and encouragement, and you can also hear the story of Christ. And I promise you, it will give you more hope than any piece of legislation that's going to be drafted this year. And with that, we will leave you and hopefully encourage you, and see you next time on Fringe 10. Amen. Thanks, Pat Carol. So normally at the end of one of our episodes, Tom wraps it up with a fantastic conclusion, some kind of call to action and some music. And today our episode felt a little bit differently. We talked afterwards and, and recognized that we both are tired and we, we feel a bit downtrodden today and that's okay. And so we spent our time lifting each other up um, and encouraging each other afterwards and, That is part of this process as we learn our way forward and seek God, seek to love him and to love others. And so today, rather than playing out music, we are going to end with a few moments of silence to honor George Floyd and his life. God bless.